My guest today is Aaliyah Williams from Oklahoma and Arkansas. You know I had to say that because I'm a Texas boy. I got <laughs> to go let everybody, whenever somebody comes near Texas, I got to let them out up front. She is a graduate of Harvard University, Peabody Award-nominated producer and founder of Just a Rebel, a television and film production company that focuses on contemporary stories that center and celebrate black women. I have six sisters, so I appreciate that. Just a Rebel's first look deal with CBS Television Studios has been renewed for a second year. She is on on the show to discuss her career, the journey, and the future of her production company, Just a Rebel. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation for the very first time, not the last time, Aaliyah Williams. How you doing, Aaliyah? You know, I'm doing all right this morning. It's lovely to be here with you. Well, the beauty of this, of doing visual and doing video, I can see this brilliant smile that you have. It has to be a blessing to be able to deliver a smile like that, especially when you meet people, you, you're pitching ideas, and your smile is sunshine, young lady. It is sunshine. Oh. Tell us about that. Tell you about my smile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Come on, because you come on now. Come on, Aaliyah. Look, this ain't the first time you've been complimented about this fantastic smile. This <laughs> smile has been used to close deals. This smile has been used to get in buildings she's not supposed to be in. I know okay. this smile and work for this. Then she gonna go, What smile are you talking about? This smile. Listen. Thank you very much. But I have to give all of that credit to my mother, Alice Faye Courtney Williams. Yes, ma'am. The thing that she would say to me every day, every morning, she would say this to me and my sister, Kia, smile and the world will smile with you. And... And she would say she would say that, and she'd always tell us to close our mouths and listen. I didn't always do that, right? But <laughs> the the smile in the world will smile with you is um, something that I've always carried with me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there are definitely situations where it is hard to smile, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I definitely try to bring that into all aspects of my life. Um, and especially in the stories that I want to tell right. for black people, I think we deserve joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why uh, my logo for my company, I've wanted to find the brightest yellow possible right. <laughs> um, to showcase right. mm-hmm. that we deserve joy. I mean, That's- yeah, even even the drama um, projects that I have, there is some levity to them because I do believe that um too many times uh, Black stories are relegated to the trauma that we carry versus all of the other amazing aspects that we are as a people. Well, you know, the reason I bring that up because when you come on my show, I'm a guy, I'm a very visual guy, and I notice things, and that's my third eye. I can see things, (laughs) and I see blessings, and your smile is a blessing. And a lot of people don't realize that that's just those simple gifts that God gives you can enable you to you know, make your dreams come true, enable you to open, create opportunities that wouldn't be available for ordinary people. And it's in, it's important to take advantage of all these talents. That's one talent. Your other ability is that you're very articulate. And so, and you, you know, because when one says Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, you know, they always have these stereotypes. And then yep. when they throw that in you black, that's even deeper stereotypes. And then you <laughs> throw it in front of your resume, Harvard graduate. Come on, girl. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, um, I'm, I'm very proud of uh, the opportunities that, you know, my, my parents pushed me towards and that I, um, 
you know, actively work towards. And Mm -hmm. um, I had a wonderful experience at Harvard, Um, you know, going there as an 18-year-old after growing up in the South and the Midwest Mm -hmm. um, was definitely a culture shock in a lot of different ways, but it just opened me up to so many incredible people, so many incredible experiences, Mm -hmm. um, and um, really shaped who I am in a lot of different ways. And um, you know, one thing that I will say about a Harvard uh, college education, like it's not necessarily about what you concentrated in, like what your major was. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was a curriculum that challenged you to think and how do you um, open up your perspective on the world. Um, and so uh, and, you know, so many of the people that I met um, from that time are still uh, a huge part of my life uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a little sad this morning because this weekend I lost one of my dearest friends who mm-hmm. lost her battle with cancer, mm-hmm. ha- double Harvard graduate, Christia Donaldson, who was a big sister to me and also a beacon in terms of her entrepreneurial journey um, as the founder of Thank God I'm Natural hair product line. Right. Um, but anyway, Harvard was a, a wonderful experience and I'm super glad that that's part of who I am. Well, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. So whenever, whenever I lose a friend, use a, I call her a friend, and I don't know her, but I know she fought the same battle that I'm fighting all the time. Because just because you're surviving yeah. doesn't necessarily mean the cancer is not going to come back. But what it does allow me to understand that you have to live your life and your dreams are possible as long as you plan them. And so, yep. and I see you as a planner, you know, because of the <laughs> fact that you have never let stereotypes, your stereotype being African-American female, stereotype coming from the South, coming from Oklahoma, Arkansas, and then you went to Harvard and you graduated. How did you migrate to Los Angeles, Aaliyah? You know, it was a, it was a, it was a fun, windy road. Um, I didn't necessarily, you know, coming from uh, having Southern Black parents after going to Harvard, they were like, okay, you're going to medical school, you're going to business school, like mm-hmm. what graduate school are you doing? And I really wasn't clear. Um, so I worked in financial services in New York and Chicago in strategy. Um, and I did like every, you know, other good graduate of my class <laughs> was preparing my applications to business school. Um, and gratefully, I am an alum of the Ron Brown Scholar Program. And they put on a conference, um, the first time they put on a conference about the arts and entertainment industry. Um, And uh, a wonderful man, Charles King, gave a fireside chat about his life as a super agent. And I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. It was like the first time that I heard the, the phrase, like, you know, the intersection of art and commerce, which was so interesting to me. Um, Malcolm D. Lee gave a a talk about how he had, you know, put together the best man. And um, I just connected with a lot of different folks that showed me that there was this creative path that I didn't realize was a real career. Um, And so I was unfulfilled in what I was doing. I was doing well, but it just didn't completely fill every aspect of who I am. And so um, I took the leap. I quit my job. I, you know, had friends out in LA who were in various stages of film school. And I moved out to LA, drove cross country from New York. And um, a week after I got here, after having some informational uh, coffees and conversations with literally anyone that I could connect <laughs> with in my network. Right. Um, I, I started working um, in the mailroom at Endeavor, one of the major talent agencies, which is now called WME. But um, I started in the mailroom. 
after two weeks, one of the partners put me in the motion picture lit group, which was a great experience to really kind of get get to know the industry um, and hone my ability to, you know, read scripts, understand different writers and directors, um, get a sense of what my taste was in a lot of different ways. And, you know, from that one year of working at the agency, um, one of the agents connected me with um, my first job out of the agency working for an incredible producer, Effie Brown. Let's go back to that mailroom experience because a lot of people don't yeah. realize that that is how you break into the big agency world is the mailroom. Yeah. And uh, yeah. a lot oftentimes the mailroom doesn't come with pay in your situation. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't know that, you know, so you work in the well, mailroom. This did, this did come with pay. Yeah. It was a lot of pay. But yeah. it was something. Right. It is so, <laughs> it feels like no pay though. I'm just saying, it feels like no pay. No, coming from, you know, I had, I was, I had a decent salary and 401k and all of this. My parents were like, my dad was like, so wait, wait, wait. And then, and then here's the funny part about this conversation that you're having with your parents. Like when I, when I told my mom and dad, you know, I go to U of H and get a math degree, minor in sociology, and then I go work for IBM and I tell them I'm a quit to, to be a stand-up comedian. So that's the extreme, okay? That's what yeah, I told my parents, all right? Extreme. And they went, okay, we love you, but... Huh? But what's happening here? What are you doing? So you go from Oklahoma, Texas, go to Harvard, right? Got this great job in New York, drive across the country, and you're working in the mailroom for way less money. Talk about that conversation, because that's what a lot of people don't understand, that you have to sacrifice. And then yeah, also, sometimes you got to take a step back to take to take some steps forward. And I don't know if that's a step back, though. You know, when you when I hear people say that because that's part of the process. Because you said going out on faith. When you're going yeah. out on faith, that means that there's a plan and process. And you know, like you know, and I know, if you want to get in the big agency, you got to get in that mailroom. And when you're in the mailroom, you have to be humble, be on top of yeah. your job. Yeah. You can't walk around there with no attitude. You get to see all the top games. You get to see stars come through those doors. You can mega produce and directors that you read about in the entertainment magazines. So you can't be, oh my God. And so you have to be professional all the time. So when I don't really see it as a step backwards when I hear people say that because you said from the beginning, Rashawn, I went on faith. Faith is a plan. I would tell people, you have to have a plan when you do something on faith. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, but what did your parents say when they told you, you told them you was in the mail room? That's the funny part. That's the part of the conversation I want to hear. <laughs> Lord, my 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 dad was like, "Wait a minute! So you're telling me that you went to Harvard and now you're basically a gopher? Like, yeah." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, Dad, I want you to read this book, The Mailroom." Like, he he was trying. He was just, you know, he was he was trying to work with his daughter. Trying to work with his daughter. He's trying. He's like, I don't understand. But like, they were super supportive. I was like, listen, I'm giving myself two years to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, I worked, there was a company that I studied for the GMAT with that thankfully allowed me to start working for them. And so I, while I was working for, you know, all my jobs working for different people as an assistant, mm-hmm. I was also tutoring for the GMAT on the side. Right. You would have different clients and teaching classes virtually. So that supplemented my income. Also, you know, writing coverage for scripts to add, add, add money. So you just do what you got to do. Right. And then, um, you know, my path was always working for other people while also making content on my own with different writers and directors in my network um, and building that way. Um, and so you know, most of the times I 
would work with people who were very supportive of that. Sometimes that conflicted and you had to kind of, I had to kind of navigate that. Um, but as my career went on, you know, it all merged. And so, you know, my jobs at, um, like when I got to working at macro, um, that was my job was to make content. And I always told Charles, it was, it was my dream job at the time, um, which was wonderful. Cause I got to learn from him and people like Poppy Hanks and Kim Roth and, um, really had a lot of, um, I'd say license to not just do short form content, but also to explore and learn about long form content. And so, you know, one of the first digital projects that I brought up in um, became the television show Hintified that is now in its second season on Netflix. Um, And I was the one that brought in uh, the movie Really Love, uh, written by Felicia Pride and directed by Angel Christy Williams, who also co-wrote the the script and um you know after after making that movie we'll be right back with more money-making conversation with television and film producer Aaliyah williams this is rashawn mcdonald welcome back to money-making conversations as i continue my conversations with television and film producer Aaliyah williams let's pump let's pump the brakes now right now on really love <laughs> okay really love now that's that's what we're gonna talk a little detail about this because you know as soon as I read that it said iconic love story, aka Love Jones, you know, okay, you you know it. They got my attention right there. They got my attention right there. Love Jones. Now that's my movie right there. Okay, Neil Long. Come on, come on now. Spoken word. Well, it's funny because so I, you know, when I first found out about the scripts, right. um, I had been following Angel for a while. Uh-huh. I, I really loved her short films. Mm-hmm. Um, we had become very friendly and and brand in the same, you know, black filmmaker circles. And she was on the set of a project that I had produced called Lamert Park, right. um, mm-hmm. which is also on BT Plus right now. Absolutely. And, and Lamert uh, Park is right in the uh, heart of Crenshaw, right in the heart. Yeah. I live in LA for 15 years. Yeah, Beautiful yeah, area, yeah. great so food. Wonderful, wonderful uh, digital series. Mm-hmm. Uh, created by these wonderful women. And she happened to be on set supporting her friend, Mel Jones. And um, she came up to me when I was going, I was going to go off set to go grab like some Jamaican patties as a treat for the crew and everybody. Absolutely. Uh, And she's like, you know, I really want to talk to you. I was like, well, you don't enroll me while I go get these patties. She was like, yeah. So she's like, you know, I really wanted to talk to you because I think I finally found the script that's going to be my feature, my first feature film Uh that I'm going to direct. And I was like, oh, really? Tell me about it. And she's like, well, it's, it's basically, I feel like it could be the next Love Jones. And I was like, Angel, you cannot say that. Come on now. (laughs) Come on, come on, Leo. Come on now. You have to shut it down, right? (laughs) It's like, like, Angel, those are fighting words if it's not true. So, um, but I was very intrigued and she was really excited and Angel is, you know, she's very particular and I knew if it was something that was that special to her that I wanted to read it and see. Um, And so she gave me the script and I remember that weekend, I was just going to like take a little peek at it, but I couldn't stop reading it. And um, I called her immediately and I remember, you know, the first time I sat down with her and Felicia, I knew that I needed to bring this into macro and, um, and yeah. And then from there we developed it um, and producing that with Charles and Mel Jones, who um, had produced all of uh, Angel Shorts prior, prior to this mm-hmm. um, was just a really um, incredible process. And um, it's a story that, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that it is 
like Love Jones, I think it has, you know, this kind of like lasting style and it, it makes this impression on you that definitely like well, let's, just, let's talk about it because see you know like uh netflix i love what they're doing with uh for african-american culture and actually mm-hmm. international culture african mm-hmm. p- african-americans and africans period being mm-hmm. able to exp- to launch their projects in 190 countries you're not being yeah. restricted to a domestic audience and yeah. so your brand is being uh, showcased worldwide you know uh, uh you know being able to learn about wine on uh netflix you know and then they, so that so i i i i i seen this in the Artwork now, art. My boy Michael Ely, who you know he did for yeah. uh, Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man Two, that the executive produced with Steve Harvey, star Kevin yeah. Hart, and my boy Will Packer. So I know Michael Ely. So I yeah. saw him in there. So okay, that's my boy. Yeah. I, so it, it started picking up speed really fast with your boy here. You know what I'm saying? And I and I got to watch it, and I got to watch a really, um, you know, I would think that I would say that movies should entertain and educate. Yes, and then when you do when you when it does that, then it 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 it, it makes an emotional impact on you, you know. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't entertain you, you 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 out. If it doesn't educate you, then what are you watching? You know, you have to walk away with something. Ooh, I don't know what I'm watching. It was ooh, what? Okay, so so this movie gave me the three things that I needed. It entertained me, it educated me, and it it pulled an emotion. And emotion was tied to uh, art. And art, like you have a beautiful, you if you see this, uh, if you're on my podcast audio wise, she has this beautiful African art behind her, and it just happens to be women. And her, as we all know, you know, <clears throat> you know, her company, Just a Rebel, works on projects that bring the voices of black women and their black stories. So this is appropriate, this conversation we're having. And so when you tell a story that's important, especially in any relationship, you're defining the voice of a woman. What's the key? I guess, language or angle that you're looking for to make sure that the message of empowerment and proper decision-making is is put out there correctly? Well, I will say um, one of the things that drew me to it, uh, you know, just even from the initial script, I know that um, Felicia Pride, the uh, writer who had, you know, had been working on this story for a while, um, her main goal was to show Black women and, you know, young Black people as themselves, right. you know, loving, sh- loving each other, striving together, striving for their aspirations and, um, and showing that in a real way where you, you, you fail, you, you make mistakes. So, um, I think the empowerment comes from just being able to see yourself as a real whole human. Um, you know, I don't necessarily go into projects saying, okay, how can I show the most positive um, portrayal of a character? I really go into them thinking, you know, is this authentic? Is this interesting? Um, are there compelling stakes for this character? And, you know, whether there's a comedic aspect tone to it or a more serious and dramatic tone to it. Um, I just want it to feel um, real and thoughtful. Well, you know, the thing about this movie touched me uh, in a lot of ways emotionally because of the fact that Suzanne Douglas, uh, one of my first writing projects that I did in 1995 was with Robert Townsend, uh, Parenthood. 
and she's one of the oh, nice. uh, co-stars in that series. Yes. And yes. and so, and I'm Blair Underwood, who I know as well, but seeing Suzanne, I'm sure this is one of her last projects that she uh, did before she uh, passed away. But that was, I was just, uh, you know, just seeing her, the gifts, her talent radiate on that screen like that. It, it, it really just lets me know the blessings of seeing people like you who are now able to tell the voices and out loud talents like the, like a Blair, like a Suzanne, like so many others that I'm being able to interview on my show now. Just a rebel is just doing what you're supposed to do. You you flipping the table. You telling our <laughs> stories. You know, you, well, you kicking you know, the door. I love, let me be clear. So Really Love is a project that um, I did when I was working at Macro. And I know, a, I know all that, but do, 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 do. I'm not understanding. I'm not. I heard it. Macro. That's my boy Charles yeah, King. Yeah, yeah. No, so I just want to make that. Clear. I, I got that. Yeah, you know, they ain't messing up this interview. I'm talking about you, you. Okay, yeah. you. She she went to get those little beef patties with you. Okay, the Jamaican <laughs> beef patties, and yeah. she asked you and told you her next project. You said, "Girl, yeah. tell me about it." Okay, yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. yes, that's what Just a Rebel is. That's what I read up there. Amplifying yes. voices and tries yes. our best to ensure she is showcasing accurate depiction of black stories. Yes, yes. That's you. Yeah, yes. you was at Macro. Now you're Just a Rebel. Now you got a first look deal with CBS Television Studios and been renewed for a second year. Tell us about <laughs> those projects. I know how to bring it back, Aaliyah. I love well, before we do that, I just do want to say the experience of working with Suzanne Douglas was absolutely incredible. I mean, she was just a light on set every single time. And I remember like when she, her first day that she came to set, um, uh, my producing partner, Mel Jones and I went to greet her and she just like grabbed our faces and she was like, you two are the producers. Yes. Beautiful baby girls. And it was just, but it wasn't any type of like, you know, um, there was nothing, um, you know, negative to what she was saying. She was just saying it with so much love yes. and so much affirmation. And she just, every time, um, every time I saw her on set, she would always pull me to the side and just, and just tell me like, keep going. Like mm-hmm. you have to do what you're doing. It's just mm-hmm. so wonderful to see you as a young black woman producing and um, being in charge. And that was just so wonderful. Well, the the CBS television studios think you're wonderful too, just like a rebel. <laughs> Okay. Yes. No, they are wonderful partners. They are incredible. Mm-hmm. See, see, um, see, I'll, I'll just tell you this, just like Miss Douglas said to you, and this is not condescending, you're special. Because, <laughs> well, Kate, I'm going to tell you this. I, I've been in rooms pitching projects. You know, I, you have to have a gift to give against people to give you money to be creative in this world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're not just passing out checks. They, they don't right? because I've been trying to get a few of them. <laughs> and, and people like to believe I'm really talented and people like to believe I'm really successful. So when I meet a talent like you who come along and is able to tell our stories, you know, and this is just one example. Really, love is just one of the examples. Gentrify is just one example. Yeah. Well, she's going to go with her voice and her control and her ability to be able to communicate, whether it's sitcom, whether it's dramas, whether it's film, or whether it's docu series. That's your craft. And, you know, the fact that you decided one day in New York City said, this is this is fine for somebody else, but this is not fine for Aaliyah Williams. That's the blessing yep. of who you are today. Okay? That's the blessing. Mm-hmm. When you saw Malcolm Lee, you know, she threw out some names early in her interview. Malcolm <laughs> Lee, Charles <laughs> Kane, you know. You know, 
You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you, know, you know how to drop the mic early in this interview, Leah. Charles King. You know, I heard him. Michael Lee. That's why I, I was blessed to hear them speak and share their experience. Um, I was really blessed to connect with James White, who wrote mm-hmm. the movie Ray that had come out the year before. And, um, you know, in our conversations, um, we, you know, we exchanged information and he asked me, like, have you ever read a professional script mm-hmm. before? And I was like, no, I haven't actually. And he was like, tell me about the type of uh, movies that you like. And so, and he asked for my address. And I remember like a week or so later, I got this package um, that had all these printed out scripts, uh, Closer, um, Thomas Crown Affair, After Sunset, some other some other things, because he wanted to me to, you know, really read a, a, a range of scripts. And he was like, and if you ever want to talk about them, let's talk about them. Um, and because at the time I had a former classmate who had a script that she wanted me to produce. And I was like, I don't, how do you give notes? And James White walked me through that. Um, and obviously I learned some more when, once I came to LA and started working for a lot of the wonderful folks that I've had the opportunity to work for and taking classes with Film Independent and all of that good stuff. Um, but it was, it all started with that amazing conference from the Ron Brown Scholar Program. I'm speaking with Aaliyah Williams. She's the rebel of Just a Rebel production company, focuses on television and film that shifts the culture forward. They're home to the fearlessly creative, those who are unabashed, specific, ethnic coloration that we all can relate to, that will tell our stories that we feel that are so important to us. I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. I am a fan, okay? You're you so know, sweet. You know, you know, don't, 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 don't throw that sweet out there. This is all about professionalism, okay? Just no, like I mean, you're, you're, you're very. I, I, I know, you know what I'm saying it's just like when remember Suzanne Douglas grabbed your face and go, "Girl, <laughs> I'm so happy to see you because I'm you're younger than me." So you know, I know, like I said, I met Suzanne in 1985. Robert Townsend gave me my. Really, I always tell him he saved my writing career as a sitcom writer. If he didn't give me that job, then I wouldn't be interviewing you today. So we all yeah. have these these uh, mentors, these these angels who come into yeah. our lives, who keep us moving forward. And you're an angel. And I want you to continue to uh, share these creative blessings with us on the screen, long form, short form, big screen, small screen, digital, social media, YouTube, whatever you got out there, you keep dealing and I keep watching. Okay. Thank you so very much. Uh, thank you for coming on my show, Miss Aaliyah Williams. You have a blessed rest of your day. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to see or hear any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I am Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.